Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Have you always felt a little odd, a little different? The world is crying out for witches to heal and to rebuild. But do you hear its call and will you answer? This is a space for free thinking, where I give you tools to explore and build your craft. We all have a divine spark. Join me each week and grow that spark into a fiery beacon. I am your host, Michael Moorcroft, and I'll be bringing you a one-on-one guide to all things witchcraft and spirituality. This is The Major's Well. Hey, Majors. Welcome back to the show, and thank you for tuning in. So, this week we are going to jump straight in. And we're looking at the Wheel of the Year again, and this time we're looking at Mabon, or the Autumn Equinox. The light is definitely beginning to dwindle in this part of the world, and it's getting colder. It's um, it's getting bleak. I'm I'm definitely more of a summer baby. Um, yeah, not a fan of the colder winter months. So let's see how we fare. But without further ado, let's dive into the show. Honouring the second harvest, primarily made up of fruit trees, nuts and berries that grow in wild and wooded areas, we have Mabon. Although it should be noted that some grains are harvested during this time as well. Falling September 22nd this year, if you're in the Southern Hemisphere it will fall around March 21st. It's also known as the Autumn Equinox when the day and night are of equal length. The warmth lies behind us and darker, colder days lie ahead. In times when the first harvest was poor, the second one could literally save lives and even entire communities from starvation. The second harvest was seen as a boon and a gift from divinity and sometimes a complete 
miracle, even more so because the majority of it grew without human intervention, wild and sacred. The fruits harvested now will grow again in time for Astara. If there is an image that sums Mabon up, it has to be the cornucopia. Coming from the Latin cornu, meaning horn, and copia, abundance, its roots lie in ancient Greece when Zeus snapped the horn off an enchanted she-goat, from which poured an endless supply of nourishment. The Romans took the myth and adapted it to where nymphs filled it with, quote, the choicest fruits of the autumn, and that's from Ovid's poem Metamorphoses. Now, to suggest there was a uniform approach or a set dogma and common customs to the autumn equinox or Mabon, that would be inaccurate. It varies massively from region to region. But what did unite the different communities was the importance of the harvest itself and the reverence that it was shown. There was also an urgency around this time to have everything harvested and completed by November 1st, as at this date the devil was said to have touched any unharvested produce and tainted its purity. However, in some areas, blackberries in particular weren't picked after the 10th of October, as on this day, Lucifer supposedly fell from heaven and landed in a blackberry bush. It was also around the autumn equinox you were able to gauge if you had enough food to last your family through the winter, which could potentially be a very bleak realisation. Let's have a look at the names and the origins of the festival. Now you may remember from my other episodes that Gerald Gardner and Ross Nichols came together to create the Wheel of the Year in the mid-60s. Now part of the wheel was the spring and autumn equinox, as well as the summer equinox. Now, in an attempt to make these holidays sound more pagan, a guy called Aidan Kelly, he's quite an influential neo-pagan and played a large role in Wicca in America. Now, in the 70s, he renamed them. The spring equinox became Astara, while the summer solstice became Letha, names which were inspired from the famous historian Bede. He then chose Mabon as the name of the autumn equinox, and this was pulled from the name of the Welsh hero-slash-god, that translates to Son of the Mother. Nabid does speak of this month as the Holy Month, and his name for it was Halag Monath, which he noted came from the pagan Anglo-Saxons who held religious ceremonies after the harvest. And a fun fact, the word harvest comes from the Old English word for autumn, harfest. Michaelmas also gets associated with the day, though this typically falls on September 29th, and it's the feast day of Saint Michael or Archangel Michael, which has been suggested has links to the figure of the Bodic, like a Gaelic bogeyman, or Mananan MacLear, who I've spoken about in my Isle of Man episodes. The first record of Michaelmas popped up in 1011, though others have argued it can be traced back to the 5th century when the cult of St. Michael spread to Western Christianity. It's custom on this holiday for a goose to be served for dinner, which is thought to derive from when rural tenants would go pay their landlord and they would bring a goose to sweeten the deal, as this was also a day to settle debts. Divination was also performed with the bones, whereby after the meal they were roasted. If they turned brown, it was going to be a mild winter, 
Now if they turned white, you had best prepare for the long, harsh winter months. Over in ancient Greece, we had the Eleusinian Mysteries. Now these were quite famous, and they were a sacred harvest festival. Highly influential, aspects of it actually spread across Europe, and academics have suggested that later pagan harvest traditions actually have roots in Eleusis. The mysteries are essentially based on the myth where Persephone gets abducted by Hades, causing so much grief in her mother Demeter that the land dies and stops producing crops. Major motifs of the festival include grain and seeds, which we see throughout other harvest festivals. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Let's take a look at some of the customs and beliefs. Now in the grand scheme of things, Maven is relatively new in comparison to other festivals like Yule, Samhain or Beltane, which have quite long and quite complex histories. So it doesn't have a lot of long-standing traditions. Another issue is that the autumn equinox wasn't really a thing. Like, sure, there were events around the date that marked the turn of the season, but it carried a different weight than to say, like Beltane. Now, one custom that we do see pop up in the 1800s in the UK is based on the idea that the spirit of the field entered into the last few sheaves of cereal crops to be harvested. And the last sheaf gets a name, and the reaper often displayed fear of it, sometimes in some areas, cutting it from a distance by throwing the sickles at it or cutting it while blindfolded and once done, they would celebrate its fall. Even after reaping the sheaf, it maintained its power, being delivered to a rival for bad luck, fed to the animals, ploughed back into the land for continuity of fertility, or, and more commonly, made into a humanoid figure and placed in the home. The large feasts were usually thrown by the landowner for the ending of the harvest, but by the 19th century, class tensions were quite high, and this actually came to an end. Now, the customs around the last sheaf and turning it into a doll, this is actually thought to have come from Saxon farmers, and in a similar vein in Germany, reapers would hit the crop with a frail, which is like a stick with a chain, before starting the harvest to essentially drive away any evil spirits that may have taken residence in the field. 
There's an old custom around the equinox whereby a dance takes place, reenacting the death and revival of the Weather Witch, the Kalik, who I've mentioned a few times on the show previously. So, a man carries a wand while he dances with a woman, and he brings the wand above his head and then to hers, which he touches the wand to, after which she falls down dead. He dances around her, lifts up her palm and breathes into it, and then touches it with the wand. Her hand begins to shake violently. He does the same to the other hand and both feet, and then he leans over her mouth and breathes into it, touching her heart with the wand. The woman suddenly jumps up and resumes dancing with the man again. It's thought that it's symbolising the shift of power between the seasons, that the colder months are coming in, and that the Kallik's power is growing once again. There's a curious little custom in Gaelic Scotland, where women go out to collect wild carrots, called Carrot Sunday. Now once the carrots were located, an equal-sided triangle is dug around them with a three-pronged pitchfork. Once dug, the carrot would be collected while intoning a charm, one of which goes, Cleft, fruitful, fruitful, fruitful. Joy of carrots surpassing upon me. Michael the brave, endowing me. Bride the fair, be aiding me. Progeny preeminent over every progeny. Progeny preeminent over every progeny. Progeny of my progeny. If the carrot was forked, this was a very good omen, and it's thought that this ritual would actually increase a couple's fertility. Now, there was something called Harvest Home, or Ingathering, which was a really popular festival celebrated in late September throughout the UK, usually on the full moon closest to the equinox. Now, the customs varied from village to village with this Harvest Home, but generally, the mood was to celebrate the ending of the harvest, and on the last day, villagers would celebrate by singing and and decorating the village with bows, which are like branches of trees. The last sheaf of grain was made into a doll and drenched with water as a rain charm, and then stored until planting began in the spring. Often the doll was crafted by a woman who was called the Harvest Queen, and she would place it in the farmer's parlour where it would stay for a year. The last batch of grain cut was brought home in a wagon called a hot cart, and this was topped by a sheaf figure that was brightly decorated, which is thought to represent a Sarah's-type deity, while drums, pipes, and handbells were played and songs sung, one of which went, Harvest home, harvest home, we have ploughed, we have sowed, we have reaped, we have mowed, we have brought home every load. Hip, 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 harvest home. Now the day would have been rounded off with a huge feast being thrown, and in 1938, one festival was actually recorded of having 1,080 pounds, or just under 500 kilograms of meat, 600 pounds, nearly 300 kilograms of bread, a giant cheese so heavy that four men carried it on a trencher, 120 gallons of beer and 60 gallons of cider. There was also 100 Christmas puddings to be made. The ingredients for this included 65 pounds of suet, around 30 kilograms, and 60 pounds of flour, just under 30 kilograms, and not to mention all the fruit and other ingredients. So this is quite an impressive amount of food to be throwing a celebration with. 
The harvest home had also marked a time of transitions, as servants and farm workers were paid their wages after the harvest, and seasonal workers hurried to find new employment contracts. There's a really famous folk song associated with the second harvest called John Barleycorn. The song has roots in either Scottish or English folklore and could be over 400 years old. John is the personification of barley, whereby he undergoes a series of attacks resulting in his death, which he avenges by intoxicating his killers when they turn him into beer. The song essentially symbolises the harvesting process, and highlights that sacrifice, whether that be literally or on a more symbolic level, is required for the fertilisation of the land. There are also academics who cite the song as proof that a cult operated in pagan England that worshipped a vegetation god who was sacrificed to fertilise the fields. There's an interesting side note that I just wanted to share with you because I found it quite interesting. Now, during the French Revolution, the government decided to scrap the old calendar to rid it of royalist or religious undertones that it carried. So, they designed a new yearly calendar that began on midnight of the day of the autumn equinox. The calendar ran from 1793 until Napoleon abolished it in 1806. And another little weird side note that I wanted to share that's not quite related to the equinox, but it kind of is. Every year on the second Sunday of October, there is a Sea Harvest Festival in Billingsgate in London. Now, Billingsgate was the centre of London's fish trade for generations, and the local church, St. Marriott Hill, is decorated each year with fishing nets and a vast array of fish and other seafood that's supplied by the local traders. And around the UK, there are about 24 fishing festivals. Today, Mabon is linked to Pagan Bride, which falls on September 23rd, an event that encourages pagans to be open about their practice, and not to hide it away from society. In honour of Mabon, a food drive is run, which is donated to several charities. This could be something amazing to get involved in. The Festival of Mabon is also a wonderful opportunity to understand where your food comes from, with fewer people actually employed within farming and agriculture in comparison to our grandparents and beyond, the whole process has become more mysterious and enigmatic. Break that spell and understand the cultivation process. It may also be a time to take note of the things in your life that are a nice addition, a bonus to what you already have, and to offer thanks for them. Maybe there's a time where the light is noticeably dwindling. It signals a time to turn inwards, to reflect what has gone before and begin to wind down for the year's end. And that's a wrap for today's show, Majors. I am going to return on the 18th of October with the final Wheel of the Year episode and we'll be looking at, obviously, Samhain. Very excited for that one, so it is not one to miss. Put it on your calendars, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. It is going to be a good one. I have a feeling in my bones about that. If you want to support the show, you can always follow me on Instagram or any of the socials at The Majors Well. You can also buy me a coffee if you fancy. And yeah, I really do appreciate it. 
Before I go, though, I am going to read out this week's poem. And it's an extract from a poem called Apollo by Eugene Lee Hamilton. The harvest hymns rise from the fields, where, in the setting sun, the reapers stretch by sheaves of golden dun. Their weary limbs, while many a sunburnt lad or maiden weaves, with every cornflower that the sickle leaves. Demeter's harvest crowns or binds and trims, for the great mother her allotted sheaves. The whole west glows like a vast sea of rosy molten ore, where here and there great tracks of pearly shore, or gleaming rows of crimson reefs and isles of amber blaze, and though the whole a mighty fan of rays, spread as the sun approaches earth and throws a farewell glance before he goes his ways. A rich warm scent of summer ripeness fills the fertile plain, the ox unyoked kneels chewing near the wain. In one sound blent, the voices of the insect swarms that fill, each furrow indefatigably trill, and chirp and hum until the bright day spent, invokes the dusk to make the lone field still. Peace out, witches, and I'll see you at the crossroads. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.